phase two is S.H.I.E.L.D. uses the cube to make weapons. Sorry, the computer was moving a little slow for me. Rogers, we gathered everything related to the Tesseract. This does not mean I'm that we're I'm sorry, making... Nick. What were you lying? I was wrong, Director. The world hasn't changed a bit. Did you know about this? You want to think about removing yourself from this environment, Doctor? <laughs> I was in Calcutta. I was pretty well removed. Loki is manipulating you. And you've been doing what exactly? You didn't come here because I bat my eyelashes at you. Yes, and I'm not leaving because suddenly you get a little twitchy. I'd like to know why S.H.I.E.L.D. is using the Tesseract to build weapons of mass destruction. Because of him. <laughs> Are we yeah. set? Okay. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Generation Loss, the show about movies and shit with me and Jeremy. Uh, <laughs> I'm Bryn, and this week we have a guest who's Friend name of the show, is... longtime friend of the show, <laughs> Jake Young from Wizard and the Bruiser. Welcome to the How show. How you doing, Jake? Uh, doing all right. I got to relive the glorious days of 2012 for this podcast. Uh, a day, f- a year free of sin, a year free of responsibility. It feels uh, like a different era. No, you see, oh, we re-elected Obama, so now he's secure enough that he has to close Guantanamo. That's right. And everything's going to be fine. Do it. He's, he's going to pull do the it. troops out. He won't he's going to do it. Because he, re- he couldn't do it the first term. I mean, come on. He, come know, it's on. Too risky. He's the first black president. There was yeah, so much now, pressure. Now he's going to do it. He's going to do all the stuff. And it's going to be great be forever. Re-elected. 2012 feels at once like an ancient time and also like two days ago. It's yeah. such a weird <laughs> middle area. <laughs> it is insane. Uh, how yeah no the 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 topic is Avengers we're doing Avengers it says it on the uh, the title yeah you've seen it it. you've already seen it when you clicked (laughs) but Uh, but but we'll we'll fucking get to that Jake take your time all right I'm frothing I drink Um, half a can of cotton candy flavored Bang Energy drink oh my god I'm in it I'm drinking yerba mate which will also have me uh, pretty buzzy in a minute I'm drinking tequila and soda. We're all getting the job done. Getting the yeah. job done here. <laughs> isn't We're the Bang litty. guy, the guy who owns Bang Energy Drink, isn't he like a big... Um, Trump He's guy. like a Trump donor, right? Big oh, Trump is he? Guy. That's a yeah. shame. I'll have Damn. to switch to Quake. <laughs> switch back to Surge. Anyway, um, so uh, what have you been watching this week, Jeremy? Underst- oh. Oh, all right. <laughs> <laughs> I gave you a little switcheroo there. A little switch. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't care who goes first. <laughs> so after we watched um, The Fugitive last week, uh, I got to thinking about um, Tommy Lee Jones. And uh, so I, I rewatched uh, Men in Black for the first time in possibly a oh, decade. The first one. The first one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Directed by Jay Roach, if I'm not mistaken. Uh-huh. I think so. Yeah. Very interesting. Uh, what a fucking film. <laughs> what a piece. What a what a peach. What a gem. What an absolute what delight that film is. I must say, uh I really wasn't uh, like I thought there was going to be some stuff in it that was going to be like cringe. It was going to be mostly a fun time, you know. 
I can't believe how well that movie holds up and how like tight it is from like start to finish. There's like not a lot of fat on it. There's not a lot of bullshit. Uh, it really, um, I like that they throw you right into it. There's like no waiting around for like figuring out what aliens are and whatever. <laughs> you get one <laughs> scene. You get one scene of Will Smith being a, a cop of some kind and then it's right he's, into he's aliens. NYPD. <laughs> I didn't realize he fucking chases a guy. Like the, the building that he chases the guy into and he jumps off the top of is the Guggenheim. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's <laughs> a whole you know, chase through the Guggenheim they probably have to pay a lot of money for. I've seen that movie probably... 25 times mm-hmm. one of the first vhs's i owned um so i've seen it a lot i really like it um but i haven't seen it since i moved to new york you know in a decade yeah so i would love to watch it in new york and it was for very fun four years like... of that they were filming men in black three yeah and you were constantly <laughs> getting your schedule interrupted so that's ironic <laughs> <laughs> I do remember wanting to see that because it looked like a a good one, but uh, never yeah, saw who's that in one. it? Um, that one's with uh, Jack Roland. Roland. Yeah, yeah, you got it. Yeah. Hmm. But yeah, I sugar agree. water still holds up. Oh my god, dude! That guy <laughs> is that guy is fantastic. His like so so Tommy Lee Jones is good, right? Will Smith is good. You expect that of them? They're like charming, fun, exciting guys. Whatever. This dude, I don't know who the fuck that actor is. I have no idea who he is, uh, but he just like he's like he believably has a bug inside him. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's he a... believably looks like he's like like broken inside. <laughs> Isn't that uh, Vincent D'Onofrio? I don't know. I think it, it is. I believe it. I I would have believed it. I don't remember. Yeah, he was. He's, he he's, lost himself in the role as flesh suit for bug. Yes. <laughs> yeah. E- Edgar. Edgar. Yeah. Sugar in water. Oh, I'm sorry. It's directed by Barry Sonnenfeld. Excuse me. Oh. Um, but yeah. Uh, Rip Torn's great in it. Tony Shalhoub is great in it. The yeah. cute puppy. Yeah, it's Vincent <laughs> the D'Onofrio. cute puppy is fantastic. I think that <laughs> goes underrated generally. <laughs> and it was it was such a cultural touchstone. I mean, like the the tiny cricket and the neuralizer and oh, the yeah, song. Yeah. yeah, the uh, the flashy thing, the memory wipe flash thing is now just part of the uh, common vernacular. Now, if someone mm-hmm. just flashes your brain. Or flash, you know, someone, thing. yeah, if someone does a flashy thing and like you blink a few times, every audience in the world is like, oh, his memory got wiped by a flashy thing. Yes, right. uh-huh, absolutely. <laughs> and what's really impressive about this too, I was thinking, is that like it, um, you know, it spawned like a uh, like an animated series, and and you know, like it's the kind of movie that you would have seen like pictures of on like juice boxes and stuff. Mm-hmm. But yeah. like when you watch it, like. There's like a fair amount of cursing. There's like sex jokes. There's like it's not a kids movie at all. Yeah, yeah. The it's one thing movie. I remember about it that um and I don't remember any of the pertinent details, so this is very schoolyard hearsay factoid style uh-huh. is that the uh screenwriter uh pitched it at first, didn't get any uh bites, independently hired an artist to make an indie comic book of his screenplay idea hmm. so that the next oh. time he pitched it he could say, oh, I'm basing it off a co- an indie comic book. And at, by that point, the mask had come out, all these like comic book, like th- that was a hot property. And that gave it enough juice to like get it sold. What? Wow, what a yeah. clever idea. That rules. <laughs> That's so funny. Good job, Ed Solomon and Lowell oh Cunningham. 
And so Barry Sonnenfeld directed The Addams Family, The Addams Family Values. That makes mm-hmm. sense. That makes oh. a lot of sense. Yeah, I also especially love the um, the like opening credits font. It looks like the Doctor Strange Love font for some reason. Yes, it does. Uh huh. It's, <laughs> it's yeah, it's uh, like that skinny, tall, sort of uh, handwritten, f- but like still looks like type. Yeah, it really feels like a like a middle a middle of uh, the like the high point of the X Files sort of opening. Um, it's really good. Yeah. Um, Fantastic film. Highly recommend uh, rewatching as an adult, rewatching as a New Yorker. There's, I spent a good portion of the movie just like pointing at stuff to my wife and being like, "That's, uh, I know where that is." <laughs> that's the that's the Men in Black. <laughs> well, yeah, 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 look at that. That's uh, that's Will Smith. That's that big. I know that sphere in Queens. Yeah. That's that sphere in Queens. That's the sphere in Queens, of course. Yeah. No, but like uh, the the pawn shop. I recognize the block in the Lower East Side that was on. It was very fun. It's a fun, fun pastime, you know, recognizing stuff you've seen before. Anyway, Jake, <laughs> what, what did you watch this week? Uh, the truth is, for this past week, I've just been shotgunning K-dramas because I want to okay. escape from this reality as badly as possible. What's a but K-drama? A uh, Korean drama. Uh, oh. If you Adding are, to your repertoire of also loving K-pop. It's... <laughs> Honest to God, if you are like, it's the next step for like, for if you're done with anime, if you're sick of anime, move on over to K drama world. Uh, the one I'm watching right now is on Netflix. It's called It's Okay to Not Be Okay. okay. And it involves a, a spooky gothic children's author who has it's been okay sequestered be in her childhood mansion where her mom was murdered. Mm-hmm. Is it uh, a cartoon? No, no, no. These are it's oh. this live action Korean live drama action Korean show. drama television show, and, and it's, it's called Spooky Korean Mansion. It's a no. It's a Western style mansion. It's it's a very. She has this like def, definitively Tim Burton energy. Hmm. They're definitely well, playing out. with that. Uh, <laughs> I'm in. But <laughs> she falls in love with a psych ward uh, worker, like an orderly. Mm-hmm. And it uh, turns out they have a mysterious past together, and he's taking care of his uh, autistic brother. And they're all, and get this, their past is also mired in murder mystery. No kidding. Uh-oh. And this unlikely <laughs> romance blossoms. With, so it's like, uh, so likely. you got Tim Burton stuff, you got like meet cute, like uh, romantic comedy stuff, you got murder mm-hmm. mystery stuff. And uh, a big setting is this unconventional. A Korean psychiatric hospital called the OK Clinic, and so you got tons of like cute mental health, uh, one flew over the cuckoo's nest things going on. Oh, okay. And, and I, I'm I might not, be back in. I'm not selling. It's, <laughs> there's a ton of really good ones on Netflix right now. Um, uh, when the Came- where the camellia blooms is another one that's on Netflix, and that was like the Game of Thrones of K dramas. Like it did amazing uh, ratings over there. But it has its own pattern where you can like whiplash from pure melodrama to lighthearted small town comedy to cute romantic comedy to uh, genre twisting murder mystery stuff to crime procedurals. It's all about just pure entertainment done really, really well. I can't stress this enough. I need more people on board with this. I'm sick (laughs) of anime cat girls. I'm sick of shonen tournament arcs. Well, so... I have a lot of space in my life for this right now because, as you you may know, my one of my many 2020 pledges uh, has been to not watch anime for free. 
<laughs> I only watch anime when I'm paid to do it. Right. So I'm not watching anime anymore. So I could absolutely start adding some K dramas to my life. I uh, it's it's good to watch anime w- in a long time. Watch it on the couch with your with your partner. It is mm-hmm. very cute. It is very endearing. You'll be it's great twists. Every episode ends on a holy shit cliffhanger. Uh-huh. Like so, it's it's kind of got that pulpy soap opera kind of emotional results driven drive. Here's with, a question. Oh yeah, is it dubbed and is it good? Uh, there's a couple on Netflix that are dubbed and that has its own energy. I prefer subs, but of course uh, you do. It's okay to not be okay. I don't think it's subbed yet because it's being simulcast and they can't turn it around fast enough. Mm-hmm. There's one that is available on Netflix that is dubbed that I watched in its entirety called Hollow, which is about a AI assistant that takes the form of a cute Korean boy that takes in a woman. Uh. Uh, a woman <laughs> is drawn into this inter-company uh, entry. How old is no, she? No, no, no. A is younger she woman. She has murder in her past. <laughs> She's also has a murder in her past. Of course. Uh, and at one point she develops facial blindness and she can't function in society. But with the help of her holographic boyfriend that only she can see through a pair of high tech glasses, uh-huh. she learns to love herself and others. And How much thrive. murder is there in Korea? Is it a lot think? of the murder? <laughs> Why would if you have a chair? That's what I'm saying. It's not about it's <laughs> its own universe. It's its own logic. So no, if no, you have the I mean option like to-, to add murder to a story, you just throw it in there. Sure, but what I mean is, uh, like, to to have this be such a such a touchstone of your your media, mm-hmm. you know, like, is there just a lot of murder happening in Korea? Like, what's no, their that's murder the rate? Point. Is it crazy? No, there. Oh, so they're doing that's their fantasy. Is what if we lived in a dangerous what if, place? What if I got murdered? But it's <laughs> but so it's crazy. never it's <laughs> never it's never ever ever uh, like it's not like Criminal Minds, which we were talking about before we hit record. <laughs> where like the, the world is just full of psycho serial killers that'll just break into your home and torture you for no reason. Mm-hmm. It's always a crime of passion, or always like a misunderstood like accident, or yeah. a premeditated thing upon which a giant web of corporate intrigue is involved with and so by this by the end of the season it turns out that the one thing stopping our couple from getting together at the end was like the owner of this uh, mysterious multi-billion dollar corporation but don't worry turns out we have proof that he murdered my parents so now we can be together (laughs) so i mean we don't have very much murder here in the united states either but all of our shit is cops and murder so i mean that's fine but is this kind of stuff um treated like crap there like is the are are is it k drama are we talking about just shows that happen to be from korea or is there a genre over there that's like trash soap operas that are being ported over here uh it is the k drama is an elevated trash soap opera with better uh, production values. Uh, it mm. used to be a lot trashier. You know, I'm I'm just getting into this now because it's all available all over Netflix and all over all these other platforms. Yeah, uh, and so it's having a renaissance. It's kind of the way it's it's having its prestige TV moment, but it still has these tropes from the trashier era. It's a big time for 
Korean media in America, and it's really it's crazy to see. Like, well, I, we're not ready to surrender to China yet, and Korean culture <laughs> is. This is just pure geography. I'm not being. I, I'm trying not to be like a racist reductionist about this. Okay, but Korea is literally halfway between China and Japan, uh-huh. and so if you're already kind of familiar with Japanese culture because we've been inundated with anime and uh, you know everything in Japanese right, culture. Right, right. It's a very easy transition, but, and it's like... But it's not quite China yet. But it's not quite China yet. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah, (laughs) and once we... But, like, what is the Chinese media that we're going to end up getting at the end Uh, of this? There's already Chinese media you can have access to. There's tons of stuff on Netflix. There's There's a a lot of Chinese YouTube. Mm -hmm. There's a Uh, lot of Chinese YouTube, I see. There's a show on Netflix that I watched a bunch of called The King's Avatar, which was Mm -hmm. actually sponsored by Tencent, which is a massive media corporation in China. They own, right. like, they even own stuff in America, like, uh, like uh, they own a share of Fortnite. They own a share of Epic Games. They, okay. own, a t- they, they own TikTok. Yeah, they it's make the video same. games, yeah. Yeah, um, and so in that one, it's a uh, soap opera about a, a team of misfit uh E- e-gamers, e-sports gamers okay. playing a fictional game and how they managed to break into the industry and take down the corrupt e-sports teams that have sullied the honor of the sport. I mean, I really only know like Zhang Yimou movies. I think I've talked about one like uh, The Shadow. Remember we mm-hmm. talked about the like there's Chinese movies that come over here, but not that many. Yeah, It doesn't seem. Not the ones that make huge splashes, anyway. No, even the big no. ones, like uh, that. The what was the one that came out like two years ago, where they it's about like the first Chinese moon landing, or it's like basically China Armageddon that made like a billion dollars. China Armageddon. China Mageddon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The guy who wrote the the three body problem wrote a movie called like The Walking Planet or something, and that kind of mm-hmm. came over here. Uh, I feel like it's it's gearing up, but. Yeah. Uh, I just, I'm, not I've been very pushback. interested by how much Korean stuff has kind of really in the past like two to three years. It feels like I I feel like th- this new year. It's because of BTS. Like, BTS mm-hmm. like kicked open the door for an entire generation of kids on Tumblr. I kind of thought that uh, it was uh, Psy, right? The, the oh. Gangnam Style thing like kind of really, oh, uh, yeah. really opened the door for it. Psy definitely broke the barrier. Like, he got more radio play than, like, any of the proper boy bands that have been, like, conquering the internet. Mm-hmm. But uh, but it's in terms of just, like, people, actual people walking around being like, oh, yeah, I'm a Korea boo. Like, that's yeah. definitely born from internet K-pop culture. <laughs> Is that what they Do people say that? That sounds... People say Korea boo. No. That rules. That rules. I refuse I don't, to okay, I'm, that. Not, Ryan, I'm not saying good people or smart people or even people who consider the words that come no, out of their mouth it's, say it's so many. It's so many steps when you think about it, right? Yeah, because yeah. weeaboo only exists because it was like a word filter of Wapanese on 4chan. <laughs> and then Wapanese oh. itself isn't really... <laughs> so you have to go from like white and Japanese to Wapanese to weeaboo to, I guess, Koreaboo would be the next step in it. That's, That's so funny. Yeah. In terms of actual the- films, the only movies I've watched uh, sincerely were for the podcast, and that was the Thomas Jane Punisher movie. Uh, and uh, Lexi Alexander's Punisher Warzone. Uh, Dude, Punisher- I forgot to send it to you. Did you ever see my friend Jordan's uh, Punisher 66 video? 
Uh, is that the Punisher sketch? Or? Yeah, it's, like, it's yeah. a sketch where it's like uh, they made the Punisher into like a uh, like an Adam West Batman type of thing. <laughs> That's <laughs> so funny. So they have like this funny like old '60s theme song. It's like Punisher, here comes the Punisher, Punisher. <laughs> <laughs> what happens? Uh, so the bit is that he's like. The Punisher, but he's in like a, get people in the gut, but a big yeah, yeah. sound balloon shows up. Exactly, he's like in like a colorful blue outfit, and it's all just like 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 oh, we gotta go rescue the mayor from the puzzler. <laughs> <laughs> like they and then they get there, and but it still is like gruesome murder. When he gets there. <laughs> yeah, he just, just kills everybody. Yeah, with uh-huh. a gun. <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, I watched this week. Um, for the first time in my entire life, Austin Powers International yes. Man of Mystery. Yes. Whoa. <laughs> yes. Whoa. So, yes. What did you think? <laughs> well, I have to preface this because I don't. You'll hear I, it in the future someday. <laughs> one day we'll talk about this, but before, uh, if you you're if you're here now with us uh, on the day the, the week this comes out, I it's hard for me to stress how big of a fan of the property I was as a child. Like I had window clings of Mm -hmm. austin powers and i had a big button in my room that says wherever (laughs) you go there you are like i really liked austin powers like stuff like i was really into like the 60s mod thing that that came with all of that promotion like it was all just it was just this huge cultural thing for me um and i never saw the movie but my aunt like um burnt not burnt me she recorded me a cassette tape of the soundtrack because <laughs> i love that right. first song um very fun time but i just by the time i got old enough to watch it because my parents would not allow me to watch it as a kid even though they would allow me to have all of the the accoutrement um i i just kind of didn't <laughs> i i just like kind of lost interest by the time gold member came out and it right. just had As be- did America. It had become, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It had become so inundated in culture and then left that I just was like, it was this thing of my childhood uh, that I never saw. <laughs> I just ended up not watching it. Now, being 33, uh, I decided Mazel to throw tough. it on after talking with Jeremy about it on in the future. In uh, the future, you'll, yeah. <laughs> um, so I was... I was incredibly surprised at how funny this movie is, how Uh well it holds up uh, as a comedy, and is kind of subverts the whole parody structure of like not just being a parody, but like allowing you to kind of have feelings for the main character. Some stuff doesn't make any sense, and they don't really care. Like they go from the main girl whose name I forget. but who's played by Elizabeth Hurley. Um, they go she, from her, her character just like, is agent Elizabeth Hurley. Yeah. I remember <laughs> agent Elizabeth Hurley. They go from her just hating him and being like, I will never fuck you to like, yeah. we are in a relationship now in a scene. And it, <laughs> it, it feels really weird. Um, yeah. Even though the point of that scene is like, Oh, we can be friends and not have sex. I won't fuck you when you're drunk because I'm actually, you know, I I swing a lot, but I'm not a rapist. Right. <laughs> uh, it's important to establish that in the first film. <laughs> it wouldn't be right, darling. Um, and then right after that, it's like, 
Well, you had sex with another person, even though, as far as I know, we haven't had sex yet. Right. <laughs> uh, weird little pacing stuff. Um, but uh, besides that, uh, it ends up being a really charming and cute film about uh, how th- things change and growing up and being responsible. That's the weirdest part is like, that, yeah, it it's has, not like, this about, like, <laughs> it's not really about, like, bond and whatever nearly as much as it's about just, like, feeling unstuck in time as you get older. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it ends up kind of being this nice little movie um, about learning to deal with stuff. Uh, yeah. And, uh, and it succeeds. And then also, weirdly, succeeds in being an incredibly dumb movie <laughs> right. that uh-huh. makes you laugh. And and has the uh, you know the the starring actor playing multiple roles and it doesn't suck, mm-hmm. right? It doesn't suck that he's doing that. It's not like an Eddie Murphy you know like Nutty Professor sort of thing. It like really works. Yeah, and I wonder at the time were people just were people just like completely? It's weird because he's supposed to be a sex symbol like as a joke. Mm-hmm. Right, but now it seems much more likely that he would be a sex symbol. Like his teeth are obviously <laughs> weird, but like he looks not unlike Mac DeMarco, <laughs> <laughs> and mm-hmm. is probably in better shape than Mac DeMarco. Right. So it, I kept being like, I feel like this guy could be a sex <laughs> symbol. Well, it's like a, it's you know, it's the Stavros Halkias syndrome. You know, it's like <laughs> yeah. it kind of just is like you can look however you want if you have like the right confidence and carry yourself the right way. Like, yeah. it really doesn't matter. <laughs> like, you can be Austin Bowers and have like the the you know carpet on your chest and like you know giant glasses <laughs> so or whatever. Weird. Like he's supposed to look like shit, but he's he's irresistible and like you uh, I don't know you kind of feel it. Yeah, I mean, late nineties, early two thousands was pre uh, dad bod. We were still at a very artificial era. That's true. I feel mm-hmm. like. And that's the weird thing about it is that like it seems like the culture caught up to Austin Powers to be like yeah, okay <laughs> because I mean Austin Power or uh, Mike Myers is like in his probably early 30s late 20s maybe like he seems really yeah. young in that movie and he's not like a bad looking guy he just has glasses on and fake teeth and so it's right, like yeah. oh, he's not <laughs> ugly <laughs> he's just making no, weird this faces is, i mean you're talking about an era that we've talked about this before that like only a couple of years after austin powers would have come out would have been when like renee zellweger got canceled for having plastic surgery oh, yeah <laughs> Like, it's just a different time in terms of, like, how we thought about people's attractiveness and stuff. Yeah, you had to be pretty ripped. And, yeah, you uh, had to be ripped, but you could never talk about it. Like, the mm-hmm. idea of being a person on Twitter who just posts, I'm hot, like, it doesn't <laughs> exist back then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not at all. Imagine being, like, a high school age person and saying confidently and kind of ironically the words I'm hot out loud. Right, yeah, exactly. <laughs> my, 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 uh, um, my socialist tendency is I'm hot. That would be the that would be the post, and it would be a thousand retweets. <laughs> right, but back then it would have been like, you, I feel like I want to call the police. Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> what's wrong with you? That's uh, but, what we would call in this time period grody to the max. Yeah, <laughs> gag me with I'm a I'm marking spoon. that down in my book. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. But uh, how did the comedy hold up? Like, because like, they don't make really satire movies, like, or you know, bits, bit, bit right. based movies. Like, yeah, that I mean, anymore. we talked a lot about 
that uh, sometime in the future. Um, But for me, I I, I was very surprised that there's a ton of stuff that just totally it follows through. It's uh, <laughs> it's really funny. Um, and, and so much of it, the funniest stuff, the biggest problem was the funniest stuff I'd seen, you know, just uh, in clips and stuff. Right. Like the, or quoted by your hilarious coworkers over the years. A hundred percent. Like I've, I could almost quote some of the scenes because of the fact that I'd seen like the, when Dr. Evil's telling Scott evil to shush. Right, um, yeah. Uh the whole part where he's like telling his terrible childhood to the uh uh-huh. the the, the father son group. Um yeah, just a ton of stuff. I was like, yep, I I guess I've seen this. It was like half the movie I felt like. Yeah. Um all the bits about trying to hide the dick in like the shots creatively. Oh yeah. It's hard to explain. There's scenes where they're naked, but like all of their privates are being covered up creatively, and it's very yeah. funny. Um, it's classic comedy. <laughs> yeah. It, I mean, it, it, there's a lot of jokes in there that feel very much like a Zucker Brothers Abrams movie. Um, it makes it really feel like a, a parody movie. Um, mm-hmm. And then is like <laughs> weirdly pinpointed or like. Um, punctuated. By the punctuated, thank you, Jake. By um, by these scenes of character that don't <laughs> right. feel like they should be in the movie, but you're sort of like surprised by them, and you're and you appreciate them because you're like, oh yeah, well he's nice. I like him. <laughs> like he, he's trying to be a good person and kind. Uh, yeah, it doesn't it doesn't make any sense why it's there, but it really you really appreciate it that it is. Uh, so I'm excited to watch the sequels. <laughs> Get less excited. <laughs> are they the, worse? The returns are wildly diminishing. <laughs> uh, I hope you have Mini Me rap parodies. <laughs> oh yeah, Mini Me is not oh, in the first yeah. one, is he? No, not at all. Oh man, idea. yeah. So okay, so Mini Me is kind of funny, but like uh, Fat Bastard, I think doesn't really uh, end up being that funny. And I think that th- th- I feel like the second one opens with a joke that just like ruins the whole first one, basically. <laughs> Really? Is my memory of it? Oh, yeah. right, because she dies. Yeah, well, not mm. even. She doesn't even die. Oh, she she's becomes like, a robot. Yeah, she's a fembot. Right. And it's like the oh, opening for- joke of the movie. I and you're like, that. What? I forgot that. I don't know. I think that's funny. <laughs> I mean, it's funny, but it's also like, I mean, part of the problem of like adding character to people right. is that when you turn them into a fembot at the beginning of the next movie, you're like, why no? <laughs> right, I liked they could her. only secure her for a day of shooting. Is why. Yeah, I liked her. She was good for you, Austin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then he's also like happy about it. He's like, "Oh, good, yeah, I get to uh-huh. fuck." Um, well, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. I'll tell you. I'll tell you how I feel about it if I watch him. All right, let's get into our fucking movie. Is that the music? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's, a, there's the fucking, um, there's the, like, one of the biggest uh, every frame of painting videos. Is how it doesn't have a score. About how they don't have score. They just have, like, no, generic. The entire 
The entire score is forgettable. All the Marvel movies are forgettable. That one sting, that uh-huh. one series of notes is full on meme status. It is on like, I, right. I see it on TikTok. But, I see it on YouTube memes. I see it all over the place. But you know what? I don't think that actually happened until the f- third movie. And that's what? because they use it in the trailer. Because they did a dumb thing because in the Avengers original movie, they didn't actually introduce the Avengers theme until the end of the film. It's just that one little sting at the very end. It's not even in the rest of the movie. And then they barely used it for Age of Ultron. And then they didn't use it in the trailer until Infinity War. And Uh then it kind of became people were like, oh, that's the song. And now you can sort of sing it like a Batman song or a Superman song. But like, What is it? <laughs> we just did it. It sounds like the uh, the Imperial March. Kinda. Well, because they are we, imperialists. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. So right off the All bat, right, right off go. the bat, right yeah, off the okay, bat. So, so I understand we're in a posters zone. We are in a po- you just name drop Stavros. Like uh-huh. I, we're going to talk about fucking movie Bob today. Do you understand? We yeah, are yeah, we in are the fucking poster Chipman. zone. Yes. We uh-huh. are talking about this. Uh, I don't know um, who that is, but okay. Bob let's Chipman? Go. Movie That's Bob? Fine. That's fine. That's fine. You're fine. You're free. You're free and you never need to know. <laughs> you don't um, need to. Yeah. But I wanted, I understand that this movie and Marvel movies in general have become anti-praxis. They have become the <laughs> the symbol of uh, de- uh, capitalist decline and horror and that we're all becoming mush-brained weirdos. But I, and I was watching this movie for the first time in 10 years, ready to pick it apart. I, you know, I, this is a post-Bernie Sanders viewing of <laughs> the Avengers. Yeah, now uh, that everyone has gotten uh, radicalized by an old man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, an old Jewish man that it was already my great uncle. I just never listened to my great uncle. <laughs> right. Um, but I, and so I was ready. I was like, knuckles cracked. Like, let's go loose and limber. Time to deconstruct the, the signifiers and signified. I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. I'm immediately, like, oh. it represents a ton of things that <laughs> eventually became horrible. But in that one moment in 2012, if they had just wrapped it up at that at, at, at Avengers, if they had mm-hmm. just been like, hey, guys, we're Marvel Comics. We're going out of business because the comic book <laughs> industry is cratering. And every time we license one of our movies, they make horrible <laughs> shit like Daredevil. And we lose even more money. Right. Even like Daredevil. The Ben Affleck Daredevil. It was yeah, Ben Affleck did. Um it has Coolio with fucking in it. Bullseye, <laughs> great but, villain Bullseye, <laughs> with the thing on his head, yeah, Colin uh-huh. Farrell. So we're gonna we're gonna put our own money on the line. We're gonna like independently produce these things. We're gonna mm-hmm. steal from the best, or not, not ethically best, but the highest selling, most uh, compelling writers and stories that we're currently publishing. Uh, we and we're gonna do it, and we're gonna hire our own people, and we're gonna make a one movie. We're gonna like do a fun wink at the camera, and like say, "Oh, what if we're in a shared universe?" And eventually, there's gonna be an Avengers movie, and it pays off, and they actually make an Avengers movie, and like they did it. It captures all of the comic book tropes and all the things that, as a '90s comic book fan and as a '2000s comic book fan. I really enjoyed. Yeah, they got the characters down. They did all the cool special effects. They did all the cool fight choreography. Uh, you know, they they did it. The feeling I had reading a issue of like Mark Millar's The Ultimates in two thousand three, they captured on the big screen in full glory. <laughs> the Ultimate sucks. It, what are you talking about? <laughs> 
Oh, they're super. Oh yeah, they're super fascistic. But like that was still a novel, neat idea. Yeah, it was I like still the like new oh, Avengers. New Avengers is also very good. New Way Avengers better. is also very good. <laughs> All right. Um, Before we get too far into this, yeah. Okay. Let's let's, let's, let's do some just... let's do some quick background and then let's do a quick plot recap. Obviously, Jake is a huge uh, soy boy who loves comics. His mouth is <laughs> wide open right now. <laughs> Look at him. <laughs> yeah, I... I did. I did the face for people. You who do don't have get YouTuber video. face. <laughs> I, I might as well, if if not it's for there, face. but for the grace of God, I would have movie bobbed. I would yeah. be in movie bobbed. <laughs> but I uh, I grew up in working in a comic shop. I was the alt goth comics. Like I read Johnny the Homicidal Maniac. Mm-hmm. I read the Avengers and shit because I had to mostly to make to seem like I knew what I was talking about. But I don't give a shit about superheroes. Mm-hmm. But I did like Civil and War. When like came. you've seen I've most seen of, of the them, Marvel yeah. movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I have some. I'm sort of in the middle between Jeremy and Jake, where yes. I I know about it, I I care about it a little bit at a certain point in my life. This was mm. never super important to me. Um, and Jeremy... Uh, yeah, we've talked about this a little bit on the show before. <laughs> I've never seen any of the Marvel Cinematic Universe wow. except for... Um, I saw Black Panther, so I wouldn't get in trouble. But otherwise, <laughs> otherwise, I've seen absolutely none of the Marvel Cinematic Canceled. Universe. I know nothing about it. I missed Iron Man when it came out, mm-hmm. uh, and then after that, it just felt like a, like a sunken cost sort of thing, where it's like, well, I can't like, I, what am I going to watch all of these? There's so many now. <laughs> right. So I'm going to quickly, very quickly, two minutes. I'm going to try and summarize the movie. For yeah. the listeners who have never, who are on Jeremy's side, who <laughs> have never seen any of this, uh, here we go. Uh, there are a group of people who are, some of them are rich, some of them are genetically modified. There are powerful people and they're called superheroes. There is a secret, <laughs> <laughs> there is a secret government CIA project called S.H.I.E.L.D. to, uh, get all of these people together and protect the universe from, we've just found out that there are uh, alternate dimensions um, because of Thor, who is a god, who is Norse god, who actually exists, and uh, that we're gonna, we need to put together a group of interdimensional cops to protect the world from these people in case they're bad. Basically, anti-nuclear, anti-interdimensional stuff. So this movie is right in the middle of having introduced all of these characters in their own separate films, um, you are int- reintroduced to all of them. They are now in the correct place. Uh, Thor's brother comes to Earth to take a MacGuffin that is going to destroy a thing. Um, and mm, Samuel L. Jackson is a CIA agent who's saying, we got to get you all together to fight this guy. He gets them all together. They all have a pissy fit and none of them like each other. And then they learn to work together to be a family and a team and they kill not kill but they defeat loki but (laughs) not before he opens up the sky and gets a bunch of completely nameless monsters to come descend upon new york city chitauri erasure (laughs) (laughs) Uh, valuable villains the chitauri with a rich history (laughs) which never Um, come back in the whole mcu they Uh, don't they they do in in endgame they show up no no just to be like remember us (laughs) yeah we got 
sky Jesus. whales. Twelve, Remember sky whales? <laughs> Twelve movies later or whatever, they come back to be like, Remember that? Uh, but yeah, never come back. They're never a plot point again. But he opens up the Chitari and they come and they do multiple 9-11s to New York. And yeah. uh, Iron Man, uh, RDJ, you know, probably just through cultural stuff that who Iron Man is. He flies. He's going to sacrifice himself to close the portal. Uh, and then does so, but actually survives, and then they win. And basically that is the beginning of this team that Nick Fury has been trying to put together, and uh, they all go eat uh, some shawarma. That's the end of the movie. Yes. So I will say... It's two and a half hours long. <laughs> it's very long. Very, wow, very long movie, my friends. Uh, very long. <laughs> I think, um, so first and foremost, as somebody with no basis in any of this, uh, not nearly enough stuff is explained in this movie. They <laughs> yeah. have so much faith in the fact that you've seen, what, like nine movies before this? At least four. Mm -hmm. There's so many, There's because there's more than one Iron Man before this. Yeah, it's there's two. Uh, Iron Man 2, Thor, Captain America. Is there a, uh, is there a Black Widow? No, uh, there, uh, there no still the Black Widow Black movie Widow. is sitting in the can. <laughs> It's oh, like really? sitting on a shelf and they don't know what to do with it because of Corona. Ridiculous. You've got Scarlett Johansson just sitting there, just like <laughs> like showing up here and there. <laughs> yeah. And she's and so, she's some she's like introduced in a movie. This isn't the first right. time you've seen her, but Oh yeah, she shows up in Iron Man 2. That's right. And uh I, if you didn't see that, fuck you. <laughs> yeah. So that's I was very surprised by that. I thought that because this is a this is a blockbuster movie, this is mm -hmm. like a huge, you know, money making ass fucking movie. I thought for sure they were gonna explain some basic stuff to me. Like, for example, who the fuck is Loki? Like no. what is an Asgardian? <laughs> who are the Chitari? It's when like someone's all this trying stuff to fuck you, so you Asgardian. You got Asgard, yeah. <laughs> I did, that joke is from Young Avengers. <laughs> oh yeah, they change. He has to change his name to Wiccan because he's actually gay, and so they make fun of him for being an Asgardian. <laughs> uh, anyway, not the point. But I was very taken aback by this too, as you know, someone who is pretty familiar with. I've I've watched all these movies in the theater. Yeah, I was at, ten years later, so confused. I was like, wait, when do, when does this happen? There wasn't even a Hulk movie. Like, there wasn't one. Oh, there, there was, wasn't? Well, there was no, one. No, no, the... It, was it one counts. It technically it counts. It doesn't. It's not in the MCU. It's not on the Wikipedia. I mean, it doesn't <laughs> count anymore, but at that point, it counted, and they was just, oh, but he's Mark Ruffalo now. Because right. he says, Who the last him? time I was here, last Ed time Norton. I was in New York, I, br I broke Harlem. Oh, right. Which is what happens in... Okay, so... Who the, played him in the old one? Edward Norton. What? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's who that was? <laughs> I remember liking that one. No, you're thinking of Ang Lee's that has thinking, Ed, uh, Eric Bana. There's yes, a, that is what I'm thinking of. There's the Ang another Lee one, yeah. one that no uh, one has seen <laughs> with uh, Edward Norton. That Tim Roth fans, watch it religiously. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but Did so, you find that, Jake? So here's the thing is... I'm still sticking with this with this narrative that they translated the comic book crossover experience, which is for uh -huh. some reason <laughs> you take all of these disparate movies with disparate lore and disparate characters and you just shove them together and just like that's the party trick that like, look, all these fake people that we made up are now talking to each other. Right. Isn't that neat? 
<laughs> I, like, and I get that appeal. I really do. I and I think that you're right that they do. I mean, they they bring these characters together really well, and like they do have chemistry with each other. There's, mm-hmm. I think that you know, my takeaway was that the best scene in the whole movie was them eating shawarma. Yeah, <laughs> when they were like them just hanging out wordlessly eating shawarma after having just beaten the sky whales and whatever <laughs> is like possibly the best scene in the in the whole movie. It with is, uh, yeah. Chris Evans covering his face with his hand because he had already grown the Snowpiercer beard by that point. Oh, <laughs> they, yeah, they had to shoot it in post. This is what you get Jake for. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the little nuggets. The little nugs. <laughs> the production Another nug. Another classic Jake nugget. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to get a sound cue. <laughs> um, I, yeah. Oh, but what was I saying? Oh, is that, yeah, it's, it's, it's impressive how much they were able to bring these characters together and bring the actors together. But I really, I cannot get over how little they hold your hand and how little they anticipate the idea that like maybe a casual viewer is popping in for the biggest one of their movies. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I was really struck by it. I couldn't believe it. Um, but w- what I will say is that one thing that also really surprised me um, from this movie, having liked it, I have to be honest, like when I saw this in the theater, I was like, wow, they really did the Avengers. And mm-hmm. it's not my favorite thing. I've never really cared about the Avengers. You know, I was always liking the sort of more weird uh, Dan Slot kind of goofy mm-hmm. stuff. Uh, if you're a comic book fan listening, you know what that means. Otherwise, don't worry about it. Um, <laughs> but like, I always like the silly or the dark, you know, the sort of other weird supernatural riffs on stuff. So I never cared about this kind of stuff. But it really is what people like about the Avengers, the banter, the, you know, the characters, the, the huge stakes, you know, it felt at the right. time that they nailed it. Watching this now, I was so taken aback by how much it feels like Josh Whedon and how mm-hmm. much that was grating. <laughs> I yeah. fucking hated almost everything I liked about it in 2012. <laughs> that is the other thing is that this is the first time I've watched it since Fallen Joss, since the oh, yeah. mask was off and the very idea of like, <laughs> hey, no, I'm like a snarky, nerdy feminist boy. I'm not like those <laughs> other guys. You can trust me. I'm cool. And like that what mask with falling. Uh, his a- ex-wife just like completely shred apart like everything about his image and just was like no nah, he's a self-interested lying fuckboy <laughs> like yeah. but he's not the weird thing about Joss Whedon is that he's not like on a like a physical abuser right he's N- he's never got f- like full me too yeah yeah he's just an asshole and like mm-hmm. uh an edgelord. Like, the thing is, like, he's the same kind of person that you expect all of those woke feminist guys <laughs> at the, you know, liberals at the beginning of 2010 to be. is like, you feel like you're putting this on maybe to get in women's pants. And generally, right. that was the case. But, it almost always is, yes. But he kept that up for so long <laughs> that people were genuinely disturbed when people were like, oh, he's a careerist fuckboy? <laughs> that it kind of ruined his career. Um, he wrote Toy Story? Uh, par- he did a pass, yeah. yeah partially. Oh, okay. He wasn't the main writer, but he did punch it up. And I mean, he's a talented quip writer. Um but that feels more grating at this point. Like it's not even Aaron Sorkin level quips. Like it's sort of more like Reddit quips. Right. And it, it, it kind of felt great, but I will say, um, 
my favorite scene in this movie was there's a scene where they're on a flying uh a, a, what do you call those air um aircraft carrier. aircraft character <laughs> yeah both applied both applied to the helicarrier it's an incredibly huge helicopter ship uh, that where they are uh capturing loki and uh they're all suspicious of one another and there's a scene where Basically, everyone wants to know if Bruce Banner, who is also the Hulk, is okay. And they all sort of start pointing the finger at each other because Nick Fury has been using the the MacGuffin, MacGuffin. to make... <laughs> he, he fucking actually says weapons of mass destruction, which is a word yeah. I don't think entered the public lexicon until 2002. But <laughs> um, very weird that that's in the movie. But he uses it. And so that scene is really well done. Like... I ha- I was getting like glazed over eyes from like how boring this movie was to me, um, and that scene kind of was just like, oh wow, there's stakes all of a sudden. <laughs> everyone has an angle, and everyone is working it, and everyone is talking like they actually care about the situation they're in. And right. then they kind of undercut it by pointing to the spooky mind spear yeah. by being like, oh no, don't worry, guys. Uh, the, uh, mistrusting the government's just something crazy people that yeah, are fucked yeah, up yeah. with the, mind The spear is influencing them. <laughs> to be like them mad. <laughs> at the government. <laughs> Nick Fury could only have the best of intentions. He's got a Bluetooth in. What a more interesting... <laughs> yeah, he wears a fucking landlord phone. But, <laughs> but what the fuck? They had such a better angle on this movie that they could have explored by making Nick Fury the bad guy. That would have been way more interesting mm-hmm. than Loki, who they capture like m- like for most of the movie. He's like not even a threat. He just is there <laughs> in the in the pen that they have him in. He they catch him in Stuttgart for some reason. No, they needed a Stuttgart guy's eyeballs to open the door, even though every single person on that team had magic weapons and or high explosive arrows. Yeah. yeah, it didn't seem like it mattered once they got there. Uh, yeah, also, there's... I want to say a uh, uh, very um, uh, ill-conceived to make your main uh, villain for most of the movie, because again, Loki is, is captured for most of the movie, is neutralized. Your main villain most of the movie is the guy who shoots a bow and arrow good? Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> they tried so hard. Are you fucking so kidding me? <laughs> Even they made fun of that like a, a day after the movie came out. Like Jeremy Renner literally was on Saturday Night Live and like getting shat on for being the bow and arrow. This guy. massive fucking pussy with the fucking bow is, and arrow. It is every nerd's wet dream. Every single Avengers writer who wants to like prove that they're cooler than everyone else tries to make Hawkeye a, a cool and it ne- like they've tried to make him a ninja they've tried to they made and uh, I think it was Mark Millar who first made him like an operative yeah what like the a, fuck? a delta okay. tier level bow and arrow guy so two things one is that how how are you gonna be in the same movie as Black Widow who has seemingly no powers nothing right. at all she just is like good at fighting and like getting people to admit to stuff under <laughs> duress it's never not funny watching that famous like 360 shot of all the avengers getting ready to like fight and there's like thor's got the hammer and yeah. iron man's got the beams and captain america takes out the shield and then <laughs> black widow takes out a nine millimeter handgun yeah <laughs> <laughs> But like, There's how are you gonna be in a movie with somebody who who has no powers, who has no anything? No, she just wears a cool outfit is basically her whole thing, and you still look like a huge bitch. Like yeah. you still look like <laughs> such a fucking loser. <laughs> Hawkeye no, she sucks. Does, she, 
No, they do that cool, funny banter thing where they're like in the middle of the action. They'll be like, hey, remember that war crime we did back in Belarus in 1997? Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, I haven't seen action like this since uh, Colombia. That uh, yeah. I don't even know. Yeah, Nicaragua. <laughs> like, you remember that time I did a genocide with my bow and arrow? <laughs> Remember that time I lined up partisans in front of a mass grave and bow and arrowed them into it? I remember when the Contra was unstoppable mostly because of my bow and arrow. Scarlett Johansson cool. picks Thanks, up Hawkeye. her flip phone has to be like, hold on, I gotta go take out Eva Morales. Yeah. Right. You guys got this, right? Okay, cool. Dude, so the other really funny thing with, with Hawkeye is that Jeremy Renner, otherwise from this, I only know him from the Hurt Locker. That's the only thing mm. I know him from. And he's so like brooding in that. That's his whole thing is he's like the brooding wild man who like needs to fucking like almost die in an explosion just to fucking get off. And and then <laughs> the first time that we something. see him in this, they're just like they're talking about some science shit or whatever. And then they're just like, hey, where's Hawkeye? Oh, he's up in his perch. And they like pan up to him and he just is like sulking in some like fucking bird's nest. He just has. <laughs> yeah it sucks he sucks in that they shouldn't be in the avengers like it doesn't matter and i don't know maybe maybe some who buddy who really loves hawkeye disagrees with me but he doesn't even have his own movie he doesn't want need his own movie they shouldn't get a tv show aren't it's they? it's just dead time all like those it, tv it shows feels are, like i don't even know what they're doing taken his whole story out nothing would have changed and it would have been a half yeah. an hour shorter and we would have been all the better for it no but what about that scene where they have to continually justify his existence by having him stand on a building and be like hey there's more scooter guys on your <laughs> six <laughs> yeah it's oh cool <laughs> They have that one guy. shot where he's got the the weird the the arrow that has like the little pin things that come out that disable the whole airship. Good thing he had that special arrow. <laughs> well, that's that's the only fun thing about writing Hawkeye is that you can be like, it's a good thing I had my tripwire that shoots knockout gas arrow yeah. on me. My, yeah. my perfectly situated arrow that has pins in it that take down the whole ship. <laughs> Luckily, I have my anti-shark spray arrows. Um, it's it very was a dumb. standard XLR connector. It's yeah. fine. He, it he is, could have been ready for that. It is funny, that. though, that he does run out of arrows at some point. <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't know why. What's interesting just... is uh, a lot of the Iron Man lines, are they are clunk super hard now. Mm-hmm. Like, we're home, like, name drop reindeer games as, like, oh, yeah. a f- as like I don't even know what he, what he oh, was going for uh, there. Loki has big uh, antlers Horns on his and... helmet. Yeah. Oh, I thought he was making like a dumb Ben Affleck bomb <laughs> joke. <laughs> no, mm. it's because of the capsicle or that no, was real... way dumber than that. <laughs> but Chris Evans holds up. I swear to God, Chris Evans. Which because one is he? he uh, Captain America. Because he's like a little more subdued and like he at least has a game with being unstuck in time. His line show, like the, okay, the flying monkey's like, oh, I got that reference line. Right, yeah, That's yeah, because yeah, he's good. old and he and he knows that movie, yeah. Yeah, but that felt so much of like, there's, it just, it felt like illuminating to Joss Whedon. It'd just be like, all I'm doing is references. My entire thing <laughs> is right. references. And of course, once 
Captain America, I referenced something from the 40s. I'm going to have somebody mention it. Like, it felt like a little bit tipping your hand there. (laughs) Right. That's all this is. But it's Uh, like, at least he has something to do. You know, at least like Captain America has, you're right, Jake. It's it's a game. It's He has a game to play. He's kind of dumb. He's unstuck in time. That's his whole thing. It's way more fun than like these two impossible super science men who just like are able to, you know, just figure shit out or whatever in like, you know, TV science way where it's just like, oh, yeah. just throw around some words like <laughs> gamma radiation. And then uh, 10 minutes later, we've solved whatever the issue is. Yeah. And damn it, Tony, I'm going to need you to type at a computer for five seconds. <laughs> otherwise, we're never going to get out of this. Yeah. And, you know, Robert Downey Jr. is, I think, the only one who I think works on his own movies, which is why they made fucking three of them, because he's a real <laughs> character who and I've always you know, even before these movies, like it was always like, you need to just make an Iron Man movie because he's an alcoholic and he has something to do. Like, (laughs) it's like he's, he has flaws as a person. He's a real character. No one gives a shit about the Hulk because they, they never know how to write him. And yeah, I, uh, I used to have a stand up bit about the Hulk that (laughs) the crux of it was essentially how funny it is that his catchphrase is you wouldn't like me when I'm angry when that's literally the only time anyone cares about him. Yeah. (laughs) And the thing is, is that, they finally figure out in the fourth movie, people like it when he's a big green guy, so they just keep him that way. <laughs> yeah, that's and, all anybody cares about. <laughs> and it's really funny when he's huge and he's got little tiny tacos and he wears a polo shirt. And that's uh-huh. what's it's great very about. funny. Yeah. <laughs> and they figure it out four movies in, which is so stupid because it's made by Marvel and they've had fucking 40 years to figure out how to write these More characters. More probably. <laughs> <laughs> So by the time he's going nuts on the Chitari, again, valuable villains, really full realized, uh, beloved fan favorite character, the Chitari. Right. Um, like it's, you know, the Hulk is having fun. He's smashing Loki around. He's jumping yeah. from building. He's hulking out. He's doing fun. Uh, what did you, how did the line, uh, that's my secret cap, I'm always angry, hold up. So like, stupid. I, so I stupid. I still got chills. I still oh got chills. They spent the whole movie being, being all about how the Hulk the 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 sad thing about the Hulk is that he can't control the Hulk. You know, the sad thing is that he doesn't want to be the Hulk. He hates being the Hulk. He tried to kill himself so he wouldn't be the Hulk anymore, and and he can't control it. And that's why they built the the little you know glass cage to murder him in and whatever. Like that's the whole thing about him. And then for no reason at all, he's like, I'm always angry. I can control being the Hulk. <laughs> They just didn't ask him to. So they, here, never they never asked, asked him that's to. That's what the thing is. Yeah. Here, here's the thing. This is one of those lines like Jonathan Nolan would write, where it it it, it, it tricks your brain because it like references something that has been happening, so you think it's meaningful. But if you take a second to try and put any meaning into the words, they don't hold anything. It's like you either what is it, die a hero or live long enough to see yourself become the villain is right. worthless. It doesn't mean anything. That's a stupid thing to say. It doesn't apply to the situation that they're in. It's about and it cancel doesn't apply culture, to, <laughs> And it doesn't apply okay. to any other situation. This doesn't make any sense. And at the so, time, I remember in 2012, I remember being in the theater and being like, wait, what? <laughs> what, <laughs> what do you mean? If you're always angry, shouldn't you always be the Hulk? Or... You just have no or trouble has, controlling like, but, but it. But that's the or, thing, yeah, is it's like, so then why did he Why did he accidentally become the Hulk at some point? Why was that part of Loki's plan? You know, like... It? So you did that they, on purpose? What are you talking about? 
<laughs> so Jake, you're someone who likes that line. It, even even now, it, it okay, felt cool so to you. I so what does like, it mean? <laughs> I feel like this is what's going to come up. Uh, I, I knew this would come up, and I'm watching this, I realized like, oh shit, I'm going to be on a, a podcast about with people who love movies, who deeply care about the art of movies, <laughs> and this movie destroyed the art of movies. <laughs> right. This movie is single-handedly responsible for like the almost like white hot death of actual <laughs> filmmakers who want to tell real stories about real people. <laughs> and I don't want to be mad at it for having done that again in a vacuum where it didn't actually do what I what it did. Where if it was just this standalone experiment of like throwing together a bunch of superhero shit in a shared universe and kind of capturing that uh, uh, novel, uh, sensational, but ultimately shallow spectacle of a comic book mainstream crossover. And like, I feel like it succeeded in that, but I, but yes, as judged by an actual movie by people who understand like dialogue and character <laughs> and cinematography <laughs> and scoring and all the other metrics that true art is judged it completely falls apart and yeah, i don't I know heard how to there was good cinematography circle. in this by the way and i cannot disagree more that looks like ass when they were in every the room single with shot the looks like shit <laughs> they did a dutch angle that's they were off kilter because you could tell because they did the camera different. it's like the whole thing was filmed with security cameras everything feels <laughs> like they had the camera like up in the top corner of a room yeah weird decision i don't know why that's there uh it happens a lot there and for the viewers we we uh, if you're listening to the show you probably know we don't really talk about like oh these cool looking shots a lot we're not like that kind of nerd we generally like stories and we talk about but there it, it, it's so upfront there's a lot of shots where it just cuts to what you imagine is someone with a cell phone <laughs> <laughs> outside of the scene who's shaking oh, well, and not ready to be filming and then that's yeah. <laughs> and then like that's they're doing the a shot. live broadcast yeah it just happens a few times where it's like and now going to uh, someone on the ground watching 9-11 happen <laughs> uh, yeah oh, can we talk about that a little bit it's very 9-11 so yeah so the end of the movie essentially is that these you know space whales and whatever come to earth to 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 kill for loki or whatever because they want the glowing cube thing and uh, they come to New York and uh, destroy so much. I mean, they the, this movie <laughs> so loves many. to show you a New York landmark, a priceless, like <laughs> you know, hundred thirty year old plus like gorgeous marvel of of uh, architecture, and then throw a space whale through it. They love it. <laughs> it is, and, and and you're watching this, and you're like, you're like, this is a dense, dense city. Like there are so many people dying in every single one of these shots, and they never never take a moment to really uh, uh, try to actually, you know, make that real for you. It's no. all just, it's all just, you know, backdrop for this big epic fight. And then at the end, suddenly you're treated to actually what you've just witnessed was 9-11. And they show all the newscasters and all these people like crying and doing candlelight vigils and stuff. Oh, and they like, did slow motion shots of first responders with uh. like sad heroic music playing. They had people covered in dust. They had... Yeah, they did it. They 9-11 did up super hard. I do appreciate that they made their their fucking epic battle between Happy Meal toys into (laughs) (laughs) 9-11. Yeah, it didn't need to be that. And I remember even at the time being like, why is this 9-11? And why? And it's like, because they don't want it to be. 
like it's like they were forced by some hand that mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like the studio was like you have to make it 9-11 because all of them don't talk like it's 9-11 there's no single shot where it's like them taking in the devastation that they're witnessing because if it was really like actually planes flying in and like iron man wasn't able to stop it and like to destroy the world trade center there would be like oh my god world shattering thing yeah. has just happened <laughs> no it's just nope. that pe- that pizza place got fucked over it's fine you know <laughs> i'm sure some of these people are dead but we're we're, we're gonna stop it it's really strange <laughs> It's, I mean, I almost, I dare say it's still within the comic book tradition to, like, do heavy-handed, rip-from-the-headlines things. Yeah. Like, right. Spider-Man would always, like, in the 70s and 80s, would have Vietnam stuff, like, happen. <laughs> Even in, um, uh, uh, Captain America literally quit during Watergate. Like, they've oh, never oh, yeah. been shy about, like, the idea of taking the things about the greater world that we're insecure about, that we're scared of, that are in our collective uh, spooky fear unconsciousness <laughs> and like being like, but wouldn't it be better if Captain America was there and the Hulk and <laughs> maybe, maybe a 26 year old me is watching this going like, yeah, that would be nice. <laughs> it's 2012. <laughs> I oh, wish it's Captain America was here to save us from Bin Laden. <laughs> <laughs> no, Iron Man already did that in the first movie, remember? Uh, oh, and they killed Bin in Laden Afga- in 2011, right? He's in Afghanistan in the first one. Yes, but he gets captured. Uh, yeah. What? It, don't watch it. It's really upsetting. But that's another Captain thing. America. So uh, we should talk about, obviously, we're probably going to go over. I assumed we would. Uh, <laughs> we should talk about the politics of the movie a little bit. Yeah. Um, because what I want to say about that, you know, you came out, obviously, I'm a communist. We talk about, pol- you know, we're, we're, le- we're all leftists here. Um, I am a squishy European style democratic socialist. <laughs> I just want decent unemployment benefits and health care. Right. It's I'm 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 practically. I'll send you some things to lo- to read. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, volumes one and two. Oh, oh no! <laughs> but, oh, the full set. <laughs> I only want to read it if it's a comic book. Uh, no. Uh, but they I think I that. think that this kind of stuff does get a little on on both hands it gets more hate and less hate than it deserves like Mm -hmm. i think that superheroes don't have to be fascist i think that's a sort of like dumb buzzword argument like superheroes are a a power fantasy right they're they're a they're a reflection of a society and i think you can have really cool interesting superhero stories and even within marvel cinematic universe i think there's good movies like for example thor ragnarok has almost no politics in it at all they literally choose to tear down their own imperialistic society for the greater good right i mean you can have cool stories within the you know within the framework i've read enough comics to know that and anyone who just i feel like it's so big and popular that people just have arguments against it because it's a big popular thing and yeah. it's popular to have political commentary on things. And so they just use it as throwing it at the wall, Zizek style shit. But at the same time, the MCU is so responsible for the furthering and deep embedding of the U S military and the CIA, uh, into the Hollywood mainstream. Like obviously it started with things like top gun and delta force and things like this but like 
every single movie has Black Hawk helicopters on it, has mm-hmm. like the newest technology, millions and millions of dollars directly from the CIA. It's not a secret. Like this, these are movies that are edited and approved by the CIA. That's yeah. how this works. And then, and then re-edited the, and re-approved for the Chinese government. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> but then you get the, the you end up with these weird scenarios where like sure, you know, overanalyzing politics in a movie is is kind of cringe sometimes, but it's hard not to look at this plot that's about a villain who wants to take your freedom from you who causes oh, 9-11 and be like oh yeah this is an apolitical uh yeah. thriller you know big action big action movie yeah they really are doing it to themselves here especially- loki is a monarchist not an islamist there's a difference <laughs> one of them doesn't exist uh, <laughs> um, but also like <laughs> Uh, yeah, especially because Captain America literally is like, I was in Germany and there was a guy who stood above the others and it didn't go well. As if right. the bad thing about Hitler was that he was a leader. Like, right. <laughs> like it's so stripped bare of like any like actual commentary, but wants to have its cake and eat it too. Eat it too constantly because it kind of. Mm-hmm. Especially because if you've seen the other movies, Captain America 1 is about how the CIA is evil. Like, it's a really interesting movie that I think mm-hmm. you should definitely watch. Jeremy, I think you'd actually like that one because it's this very comic booky 1940s adventure movie that is about how S.H.I.E.L.D., who is basically the CIA in this world, uh, is working with the Nazis and doing Project Paperclip. They say it in the movie. <laughs> it's right. about Project Paperclip. It's super interesting. But then they want to, like just be like well that's a fun story let's go and not pretend that didn't happen or whatever you know like they never want to actually engage with the history of their own stuff is because the actual cia is telling them they're not allowed (laughs) um so i think that it's very unfortunate that the fun power fantasy uh let's all get along liberal nice rainbow colored superhero movie has to be this but we live in a fascist society in a fascist country so of course it's going to be that and i don't think every movie has to be uh deeply sinful of that criticism but this one especially it's hard not to sort of cringe at at its its deep yeah. flaws <laughs> i wonder how much of putting you know like captain america fighting nazis sort of stuff and like mixing that all into some of this tale has to do with the fact that like they made a big main character of this, like a Norse God. Like, I wonder how much of it is just them being like fascists are going to just eat this shit up. Oh yeah. They're going to love it. (laughs) Yeah. And I mean, they, I mean with black Panther too, like the movie, there's a lot of explicitly in the CIA and he's explicitly a good guy. Right. But there's also like, a big conversation around nationalism like mm. this whole the all of the mcu movies are kind of about nationalism and whether mm-hmm. it's good and how to do it well because it's like what like asgard is about nationalism wakanda is about nationalism like all of it is about like well we're should be because it's all kind of like Israel <laughs> we want to oh, yeah, yeah, kind of want to talk about Israel and it's, it's okay to do that um but they don't actually ever want to mention it 
Um, I find it hard to believe that a thing that was invented ex- by a bunch of explicitly Jewish writers in the 70s was in Israel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Wakanda, nothing to do. What if What if we could do Israel for the Panthers? <laughs> and it's very uncomfortable. And I feel like there's a lot there that needs to be talked about. But I, I, I don't think my personal feeling is I can I can enjoy a good movie. And for what it's worth, I think... Infinity War and Endgame are incredibly enjoyable. Super fun because you've got a real bad guy with real stakes who's a real character. Um, yeah. And he has he wants to do something which is genocide. Um, and it's... You kind of... But it, it gives him enough of a reason to. Um, so they can do good movies uh, even if they are... You know, we can politically critique them. This movie feels almost dated in its own time to me. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. It was yeah. I- it's 2012. It's I mean we're, I mean they're they're producing this as Obama's running for re-election. Mm-hmm. Um, we're coming up on, of course, the end of the Mayan calendar. We're all <laughs> yeah. wondering what's going to happen with that. <laughs> yeah, and as we know, the world ended. <laughs> the world ended. Yes, of course. Um, because of Obama. <laughs> it's it's, I mean, I think it kind of. It holds a similar place to me now as things like Broad City and Hamilton, Mm. where they kind of represent this like sort of Obama age excess, where this is kind of before what I guess would be what, what my central critique of things like Hamilton and Broad City would be, where it's like this kind of wokeness for the sake of wokeness having no critique beyond like, what if we make George Washington black? That's the only thing to do, right? Like, this kind of feels like just before that where we're like at a time of, you know, the, the economic collapse is kind of just coming to an end. People are just starting to, to, to feel like they can buy stuff again and, and be out there. And so they're like, well, how do we, how do we, you know, maximize this? How do we capitalize on it? What yeah. if we make a whole movie of Happy Meal toys? And then <laughs> all we do for the rest of time is sell Funko Pops of it. <laughs> it does yeah. feel like it's, I mean, it feels the same way that Star Wars does, right? Where where mm. everything in it feels like it's built to be a toy, because it is. You know, it's kind of, it's it's one of the things that makes these feel like shit to watch as an adult. Because you watch them and you're just like, yeah, they sure did design Loki's, you know, spear thing to be a toy. Like, it, it's <laughs> it pretty sure clear like all that, of yeah. this stuff is 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 here to, to become merchandise someday. And, and like, all of the, the alien, what are they called? The, the Chitauri. The Chitauri. I, they they I, all okay, look like fucking Power Rangers villains, for- clearly so that they could sell a fucking, you know, they, they gave them this, like, weird-ass armor instead of just making them ugly aliens because you can't sell an ugly alien suit, but you can sell a Power Ranger costume. Mm-hmm. You know, all of these things are made to be sold and consumed. It, it feels so soulless. It's very cynical. It is, it's cynical, but the only sincerity that I could detect was a sincerity for comic, for these mainstream mm-hmm. comic book characters. Like, like Captain America is like, and it, especially the way Chris Evans plays him, is both a power fantasy of being like 
cool jingoistic guy who gets to be like, I'm America and I fought Hitler, see? And that was, and we were pretty cool back then. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, but also a moral fantasy. Like the idea that, or, you know, Nick Fury is literally arguing with the spooky guys from Evangelion behind the screens the entire movie. Right. Being yeah, like, yeah. listen, I may be totally enabling this entire fascistic empire run by a shadowy organization of definite pedophiles, but listen here, Mac, I'm going to slightly disobey orders sometimes. And everyone's going to be like, yeah, yeah, that's how it should be. Like the, 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 you know, Superman is a moral fantasy. It is the idea that uh, you, you wish that even if given infinite strength and infinite power and infinite, you know, uh, resources, you would use them as beneficially as possible. And you get to like feel good about it. Uh, even though the idea of one man uh, literally like, physically enforcing his own morality on an entire world is like weird. Yeah. Uh, and Bryn, you're absolutely right. I would much rather be watching Endgame and Infinity War. They definitely got their shit together more. Yeah. And I think the Russo brothers, uh, especially after Winter Soldier and Civil War, like at least like have a better understanding of what they're doing and it, it's less Whedon soaked. Yeah. But I, I get, like I said, oh, uh, like I said before, I just, I wanted to really like hate it and I just couldn't. I just, I saw it and <laughs> well, I was just like. <sighs> I think, I think everyone, I think one of the things you, you were talking about at the beginning of this, that this is a posters sort of a conversation and <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. true. But one thing me personally that I find very uh, tiring is um, the sort of like teenagery fear of sincerity like edginess is funny and you know you you need to make jokes and i think being funny is 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 great but like the idea that anybody being sincere is cringe or like mm -hmm. actually enjoying something is cringe is really uh it, it, it feels gross and it's always felt gross to me making fun of people actually liking something um and, and i mean the thing is is that Harry Potter is bad and Star Wars has gotten really bad, <laughs> but I understand so much why like people grown people, it's the only thing they can cling to. It's like a feeling of like, there was a time in my life where there was something to aspire to. And right. like people, I mean, it's, I understand why some people think it's a little pathetic, but at least there is a part of me that totally gets it and for me it's different things and i've I, it's changed and i think it's really important to chase after those things to find things to look up to to things to aspire to um and i don't think you can do it with avengers movies but i get why it's <laughs> i get well, but, so, why it's speaking there of, speaking of sincerity i think it kind of comes back to what i had said earlier about my favorite scene being them eating the shawarma at the end like it's yeah. not an ironic thing that i'm saying i'm not doing a bit when i say that i really mean that like the most real it ever felt and the most honest and like least bullshit it ever felt was <laughs> when they were just all sitting there out of breath like looking like they're about to fucking cry just eating food together after this went through <laughs> yeah. this whole thing it's the first time that like you know showing us like the news clips of like tucker carlson or whatever being like being like uh 9 happened today with space whales like that <laughs> wasn't emotional 
emotionally impactful. The emotionally impactful thing is like, it reminded me a lot of uh, certain scenes from like Rick and Morty. Uh, There's the one that opens with them like getting out of some sort of adventure and then they both just like are in the ship and they just start crying and like screaming and just being like, I did not have control of that. That's kind of what it felt like with them eating the shawarma is that they're all just like, we could have all just like completely killed all of New York just there. Holy shit, man. Yeah, and I think the thing, I think the reason that the MCU persists and people continue to watch them is because that scene and what you felt during that scene only gets more. Like they mm-hmm. learn from it, and like because uh, you kind of have to talk about the MCU as a show. Like yeah. it's a it's episodes, and like right. the first season is very shaky. The second season they're finding their legs, and then the third season they really fucking pack some punch into it like the end of infinity war works really well the fucking so it like um, half of the world dies or something yeah yeah like it's really intense and the second movie like a lot of it is really intense um mm-hmm. spider-man far from home they really learned a lot i mean the politics of that movie are horrible <laughs> but the motions of that movie you don't really get them very many places because of how high they're able to place the stakes and when they're able to set them right at the level where it's not like oh no the whole world is going to die of course that's not going to happen but when it's like they're able to get characters in a position where you're like this person could really lose a lot and i'm afraid for them and you really want to see them succeed they do it really well and i think that kind of storytelling doesn't really happen or hadn't really happened in hollywood that much and i think um this i think that the mcu and this movie in particular um Unfortunately, because of Joss Whedon, I feel like <laughs> I feel like he really like this whole team really like reintroduced the idea of like giving people real stakes and making people real characters. And then in this movie, I don't think it pays off the way later movies do, but at least they kind of set it up there. So I think this movie generally kind of for me is a bit of a failure because it even though it has to have an arc of like getting the team together they don't like each other but now they're a team is the the first act right, right. like mm-hmm. it's it's the first act of this whole series is now they're a team and we're ready to do a mission um but it's they're basically talking about themselves as filmmakers being yeah. like <laughs> like you guys didn't think we could have all these fucking weirdos in the same room but we did it and everyone is going to pay to see it. Right. I think one of the craziest things though is that they don't even really build the team in this movie. They kind of are just like they already know each other all of them. They kind of have already met. They like, nobody's <laughs> a stranger to each other like uh, apparently they've already like made the Avengers project and like Robert Downey Jr has already been rejected from it. It's it's weird. Like I, I just they really I mean, they, want you to just see all of the this. Ma- one of the MacGuffins in the movie Phase Two. Like oh it, yeah, it's, yeah, it's very. Um, uh, it's two. time for another cook a classic Jake Nugget at the end of the movie. If you notice, when uh, Tony Stark goes in through the portal, the Chitari mothership is in a very distinctive shape, as it resembles one of the many flying aliens from the video game Galaga, a video game that was referenced earlier it in the was, movie. Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> this classic is because Joss nugget. Whedon was a child in the seventies, and his life is now everyone's life. <laughs> he just has like the glasses from Ready Player One, right? Everything is a fucking eighty. God damn it, that pisses me off. Anyway, I hated that movie. <laughs> well, I didn't um, see it, but the idea pisses me off. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I think, 
I think that this movie is a good. I I, I honestly, when we J, Jeremy said we were going to watch it, I was like, okay, well, at least this movie I know is a fun time. Um, right. Because I, you know, it's not the best movie, but it at least I I remember having a lot of fun with it in the theater. But it just kind of wears thin after so many years of the same stuff, and them gotten so much better at it. Like, right. Thor two is really mediocre, but better than this. Uh, Thor three is so much better than this. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy's happened, and it's super fun. And that like they really found like this really. Are they fun... in the MCU? Guardians of the Galaxy, hell yeah. yeah. Um, and that's, oh, I that's, liked that. I saw that. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, they finally come meet everyone in Infinity War, I believe. Um, oh. uh, but yeah, that's a whole fun thing. And so they've gotten so much better at it that going back and watching this, you just see all of the holes where they didn't really know how to make the characters work in the way that they do now. So... I don't know. I, it's a. It feels like the first season of a of a show that gets a little better, but I don't right. even know if I'd fully recommend <laughs> the end of the show. Uh, yeah. So you would recommend or no? I think no. I feel like if you're gonna watch an MCU movie, there's much better ones to start with. It gets much better later. So I'd Jake, say no. what do you what, what do you say? Recommend. I- I agree with it. Uh, I agree with what Brent said. Definitely the feeling of kind of watching a season one episode of The Simpsons. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> and much like season one of The Simpsons, uh, I still end up watching it and feeling positive because it takes me back to a specific era. Nostalgia. And without, without, my, without the exact experience of sitting in a theater in 2012 and like that rush of nostalgia and honest to God, I, I, was, I was 100% on board with the entire fabricated geek persona that they had built up at that time, mm-hmm. that loot crate fucking world <laughs> that we had lived in. Um, Lots and of it took a lot are. of years. Yeah. It took a lot of years to finally like, I mean, I literally, my podcast is about nerd shit still. It's still a geek history podcast. <laughs> right. Um, but uh, I just, quit. I still reminded of the sense of validation of being like, wow, that's not just a shot in a movie. That is a splash page. Like, wow, that is like, oh, that's a Joss Whedon zinger, just like in Astonishing X-Men, a book I've read. Like, <laughs> uh, you know, you, you and were the just, cast. I get that reference the whole movie. <laughs> uh, and obviously, as a bearded sad boy, like Tony Stark, the confident nerd self-insert. Uh, Bruce Banner, the self-pitying nerd self-insert. Steve yeah. Rogers, the dad nerd self-insert. And Thor, your cool jock buddy that you imagined you'd have if you got your shit together. Like, <laughs> it's my fucking wheelhouse. Wait, is Black and Widow and... the girl you gonna fuck or something? No, Black Widow is uh, the your trans sister spooky friend. <laughs> <laughs> your sister spooky friend who you saw a knife in her purse one time and you don't talk to her. <laughs> yeah, that was another thing that I feel like Black Widow feels like entirely a I guess we need to have a badass woman character, but we don't know how we're gonna put her in the Avengers and yeah, she doesn't need to be she? here. She they, we, they don't even say her name. They say her Russian name. They never say Black Widow even once in this movie. And it's so frustrating we, because uh, if you know anything about the Avengers, there's the Scarlet Witch, there's the Wasp. You could have put mm. other characters into the this Avengers, this setup, you the original one. You couldn't ones. put the Wasp, not in, not in today's PC world. <laughs> Another white person? No. <laughs> it's such well-trod territory how just 
ineffective and like badly handled the Black Widow character is in this movie. Yeah, it, it didn't come up till just now. Right. It, well, it's yeah, you're right. It's everyone knows that it's bullshit. And there's a ton of like, obviously, like identitary politics shits that would it's all white people. It's, you know, Nick Fury feels like token Scarlet, which feels like token. I mean, that's that's just par for the course for 2012 nerd shit. Um, so but obviously, if that bothers you, you probably aren't going to watch this anyway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but it, it it is it is a correct criticism that like they just it really is not handled well or in, yeah. or just not in a compelling like the idea is like and here's something for the ladies and it's just not for anybody. Yeah. yeah. Here's something for the ladies: a hot chick. <laughs> Every lady's favorite thing to see in a movie: a hot chick who doesn't do anything. <laughs> <laughs> we all love to see a hot lady in leather wait around for the bus, I guess. <laughs> oh, I yeah. haven't seen an ineffective psyop like this since Tel Aviv. Doesn't this, <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't this movie have that shot of her like doing karate and it's just like tracking her ass? Am I is that a different movie? There is a couple of ass lingering yeah. shots in this uh, movie. What is, whatever, who cares? But it's <laughs> um Yeah, so I don't know. So you 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 would still recommend this movie to somebody who'd never seen it? I would Jake? not recommend it to someone who has never seen it, not when there are better MCU movies out there. Mm-hmm. I just sitting today watching on in full HDR plus 10 omega on 4K <laughs> Disney plus I just couldn't I was I just could not summon the ill will. I just I, I was just I was enjoying my Simpsons season one rerun That's and being fine. like ah simpler times. It's totally fine to like it, even though it's pretty mediocre. <laughs> um and that's the thing I think, it's not really hateable like it's only hateable on a very large scale of like yeah. uh political stuff and the fact you know you, you can hate pretty much any movie from this era for the same reasons it's mostly a mediocre movie the idea that like the government decides to nuke Manhattan and everyone just goes, Oh gosh, darn it. Oh, dang. Yeah. Instead of being like, what the fuck? As soon as we're done here, we got to fucking kill the president. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah. So Jeremy, I really want to know. <laughs> Would I recommend, Would you recommend this? Recommend it. Yeah. Fuck no, dude. No. <laughs> this shit sucked so bad. <laughs> I can't fucking believe I watched the whole thing. I seriously, like, by the end I of it, I, was, I really was starting to look at the clock. I was like, good lord, this fight is Ooh. going on. <laughs> this is a long movie. <laughs> Ooh, they sure are fighting those space whales. <laughs> My God. No, I mean, it's like, look, it's there's fun to be had for sure. Yeah. There's a lot of fun to be had in it. But I think if you are like me and you have not seen any of this shit, don't don't watch this one first. Mm-mm. Unfortunately, you probably do have to start with Iron Man. I don't think there's any way to watch any of these without having watched all the other ones. It really... I feel it's like so, who the fuck is the guy with the baseball cards? We're supposed like when he gets stabbed or I whatever, no and, and they're like, "No, no baseball you, card guy." You're, you're talking <laughs> about beloved shared universe character Agent Coulson, of course. He comes back in Agents of Shield, thus negating any of the emotional impact of all the proceedings that happen. He doesn't but, die. Oh no, no! It's like a big dumb thing. 
Oh, oh, I don't know what you're talking about. They have but- this, <laughs> this, this guy. He just like he he collects the fucking Captain America cards, and then what was it? Thor watches him get stabbed, and he's like, "No!" He's like banging on the window and shit. And I'm like, I guess I'm supposed to like really like baseball card guy. <laughs> Yeah, I don't remember who that was or why he's important. I, I, I didn't remember. That's the thing. I because this isn't a movie. This is an episode of a TV exactly. show. Exactly, it, it felt so much like a TV show episode where that I had like dropped in the middle of like the. It was like the finale of season two, and you're just like, right. yep. what yep, yep, yep. happened? Oh yeah, okay, whatever. I guess I know what happens <laughs> later, so it's enough. I think that if you really want to watch the MCU, there's a pretty short list of ones you can watch. You can start with Thor Ragnarok, Spider Man, uh, the first Spider Man, and uh, and Galaxy Guardians of the Galaxy, and then watch Infinity War and Black Panther, yeah. so you don't get in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then that too. Uh, that movie is. Uh, a mess, but uh, whatever. Anyway, so that's anyway, been this that's, movie. That's the show, yeah. Yeah, thanks so much, Jake, for coming on and talk. You know, sitting through my extremely hurtful opinions. <laughs> I'm, a pa- I'm a patron of Beep Beep Lettuce. I knew what I was in oh, for. Thank I, you. <laughs> that's so nice. Also a patron of Balling Out Super. Wow. Nice. All right. Well, squee, to- squee. <laughs> Uh, if you want to be a patron of Wizard and the Bruiser, go to patreon.com slash whizbrew. Keep the circle, make the circle complete. That's great. Anything else you want to plug besides your podcast? Your, your uh, Twitter? Follow me on Twitter at Best Jake Young. And uh, other than that, uh, no, no, just uh, don't, don't suck. Yes. Don't, don't be suck. mean. Don't fucking suck. <laughs> uh, yeah. So uh, if you're listening to this for the first time because of Jake, you can follow me at Kinomazagrafi on Twitter. You can listen to my other show, PP Lettuce. Uh, and then Jeremy, you can follow him at Jeremy Thunder. You can listen to his other show about anime, Ballin' Out Super. It's a uh, And very check good me and out on, on YouTube if you like City Skylines. Yeah. Um, I'm Jeremy Thunder on there. And if you're if you play City Skylines, check out the Steam Workshop because I uh, uh, I've made a uh, a building in 3D, and that's what I do with my life now. <laughs> <laughs> it's beautiful stuff, folks. Check it out. Oh, can I plug one more thing? Of yeah, course. go ahead. Uh, Have you also published something in the Steam Workshop recently? <laughs> uh, my uh, I used to work for uh, R.I.P. College Humor Dorkly, uh, but I, I made a sketch and I started in it about uh, what happens to all the bodies of the Chitari at the end of the Avengers. <laughs> uh, what? The, the, the joke is uh, I played a warehouse manager that gathered them all up thinking people would want to buy them because they were just lying in the streets. Oh. And now I just have a warehouse full of rotting alien bodies. <laughs> <laughs> you were sort of like uh, Michael Keaton in the beginning of Spider-Man. All the Homecoming. comments are about people being like yo did you predict michael keaton there you go (laughs) um if that sounds awesome you should check it out uh and one more thing if you're here because of nerd shit you can watch me play video games on means tv uh i have a show on there called left trigger um and that's just a sort of let's play show so uh go to means tv and subscribe there uh otherwise let's do a fucking prison architect episode Okay, let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> let's fucking do it. All right. Uh, you can uh, subscribe to us, Generation Loss, uh, patreon.com slash Generation Loss. You can, and then we'll see you in the Discord. Bye-bye. All right. Before we go, who's movie Bob? <laughs> well, speaking of Kevin, we're, we're talking about Kevin in the MCU a lot right now in the news, keeping him with Spider-Man. Why do, why do you think Spider-Man is such an important part of the MCU? Because there may be a little divorce happening. No. 
This is the first I've heard of it. Save I'm crestfallen. Save. What's happening? I didn't know any of this. So Sony and Marvel are having a hard time coming to terms on the agreement to co-produce Spider-Man. So it's looking like Spider-Man may go back to Sony and not be part of the MCU anymore. I'm not a business person. You're speaking. Whatever you say is Greek to me. But all these, the mountains of Rudutchore and the, and the, I don't know. It'll all work out, I'm sure. Good luck. I'll figure it out. Maybe more Jurassic World for the third. I can't say anything, but I can't say anything. I can't say it.